0: Did you see uh, our buddy Brad Feinberg's bet? I did not. Around the start of the playoffs, he did 200 bucks at 400 to 1 on specifically Rangers to beat the Diamondbacks in the World Series. He stands to win $80,000. I now knowing Brad I would guess this isn't that he spread a bunch of two hundred dollar bets around on a few different long shot combinations. Right. But uh, even if he did twenty different combinations, sure, <laughs> he's in great shape on on this one. I would assume he's doing some kind of hedge on the Diamondbacks, which is great because you can now get they're like plus one fifty, one plus one fifty five. So he's got the the right side to hedge with.
1: That's a that's a very nice hit. I I I I too had a nice hit waiting for me in the World Series, but. <laughs> No, I don't any longer.
0: You're? Are you referring to your best ball team, or did you actually have a a no? My best
1: best ball team. I had a a team. I had uh, eight Phillies and four Rangers. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I, I was, you know, and I I made the final. But uh, listen, I'm fucking pissed. Fucking Phillies, man. Fuck you. (laughs) Fuck
0: you. <laughs> yes well, listen, you speak for an entire town. I and I think did didn't I see you share one of the videos of uh, angry fans exiting? Yeah. yeah I mean, that's
1: I saw somewhere this is 7 straight game 7s mm-hmm. Philadelphia teams have lost. That's brutal.
0: Yep. You know, it's 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 amazing how quickly it turns from everyone saying, "Oh my god, Philly, this is a city of champions. This is the this is the best sports town to be in." to uh, no no we we the city where we uh, had a 10 point lead at halftime in the Super Bowl and uh, and lost uh with the help from a controversial call. We the Sixers blew a 3-2 lead against the Celtics and the Phillies just blew a 2-0 and a 3-2 lead uh, against right. the Diamondbacks. And that's just 2023. So uh don't 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 be envious of us lucky Philly sports fans. No, we not. we we got to yes we have experienced more meaningful games than any other city this year, but In the end, it all sucks. Gamble on, fellas. Gamble (laughs) on. Welcome again to Gamble On, the weekly gambling podcast presented by usbets.com. I'm Eric Raskin, U.S. Managing Editor and Media Director, and I'm joined by my co-host, USBets Senior Analyst Jeff Edelstein. This week on Gamble On, we'll talk about online casinos and sportsbooks setting revenue records. We'll talk about a new leader atop those mobile operator rankings. And for the second episode in a row, we'll be talking about that mint green ESPN bet logo since it has become a lightning rod of controversy since our conversation about it last week.
1: We're also going to be welcoming Caesars Sportsbook baseball team lead Eric Biggio to talk about the World Series and the future of baseball betting. And stay tuned for the end of the episode where I have a DraftKings story you're not going to believe. But first, as always, plenty of news to discuss.
2: Here's your Gamble On News of the Week. An inside look at the biggest stories in the world of gambling.
0: Our opening story this week will lump together three stories with some common threads of revenue, online casino, and New York State. First off, online casino, which is operational in only six states, generated a national record haul in September of $542.7 million in gross revenue, topping March's record of $534.5 million. Every state but Delaware set a new monthly high, and the fact that this happened in September, the opening month of football season, clearly shows the sports betting iCasino cross-sell is working. Speaking of sports betting, New York releases its numbers weekly, and the week ending October 15th was the biggest revenue-wise in state history at $62 million in adjusted gross revenue, the 15.4% hold for the week was the highest in state history, powered by a couple of big NFL favorites losing and unders going 12-2-1. And And speaking of both New York and iCasino, State Senator Joseph Adabo tells our very own Jeff Edelstein that he'll be filing an iCasino bill in time for the 2024 legislative session, and this one will have an iLottery bill attached to it. Uh, Jeff, your thoughts on the still ever-growing popularity of online casino and sports betting, and the chances of New York adding the former to go with the latter next year?
1: Yeah, I mean, I casinos a cash cow. It's pretty simple. Um, I think New York, I'd put it at forty five fifty five to get it through this year. Okay. Uh, I think Adabo's taking the right tact. New York is facing a multi billion dollar short tax shortfall. Uh, you know budget shortfall, and uh, you know according to his numbers, and I I, I don't doubt it. I him can eat into that. You know, plus i lottery he's doing. He thinks it could bring in like a billion dollars, and that's at a thirty percent tax rate, which I'm sure will be negotiated higher. I mean, why wouldn't it be? I mean, they're doing fifty one percent on sports betting, mm-hmm. and the operators, no, I, I mean, of course the operators want the lowest tax rate possible, but th- you're not. There's no risk in a casino for an operator. You're going to make money, it's just a question of how much, right? So they could tax it wherever. I mean, the hiccup here, you know, he, he's got to, you know, Adabo's going to have to deal with labor. You know, there's concern that this will eat into jobs, which it's proven it really doesn't, right. uh, you know, like right here in New Jersey. You know, and then the governor's got to be interested in it. So if the right. governor's interested, then then it could really happen. And, you know, then if it, let's say it does happen, okay, mm-hmm. then two things will happen as a result. Number one, Uh, Other states will be more apt to think about it, I think, because New York, you know, uh, know, it's New York, right? Right. And number two, and this I can like, I mean, I've never been, I wish I could bet this because I I, I would bet it. The New York Times will produce a series of stories (laughs) on the dangers of iCasino, of which there are many, much more so than sports betting, right? Right. And if I were the operators, I would start planning, if I were the industry, I'd start planning for the backlash now. By putting in some common sense measures into iCasino, for instance, like oh, I don't know, maybe let's do away with two thousand dollars spins on a slot machine, mm. right? This, I mean, when the New York Times sinks its teeth into iCasino, it's going to be ugly. You thought the sports betting stories were bad; these are going to be much worse, right? And no, and the industry is doing nothing. I mean, there's, they need to put limits on these things. It's so stupid that they're not. You, you know, at, at minimum, you want to bet like more than like you know fifty dollars a spin. Fifty dollars a hand of blackjack. You should have to like ask permission first. Yeah, the operator, you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Get get some sort of yeah. Have 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 reasonable limits, and then have some process to get your limits raised, possibly uh, right. once. Once you show some sort of measure of a a bank statement or something that indicates you can absorb uh, a bad streak, or whatever, I I have no idea what the limits on on a physical slot machine at a casino typically are. Um, but could they possibly be this as high as two thousand dollars? Like that?
1: I I I, have, I honestly I don't know, but right. it's so much harder to uh, listen i i won't wa- i have not eric i swear i have not walked inside of an actual brick and mortar casino in probably a dozen years okay. i have no desire to right uh-huh. but i promise you i will be playing some form of iCasino casino at some point today right <laughs> it's so much it's just it's easier yeah. Yeah. you know it's somehow it feels less real i, I mean i don't know i'm not yeah. i don't know but like there's no reason and i, I listen I, I am i consider myself to be sharp when it comes to understanding the dangers of iCasino, okay. Uh-huh. I have fallen down the hole before, even yeah. with even knowing that I could fall down the hole. I mean, I don't know. I I think the industry needs to self police itself here before they get policed.
0: Yeah. No. I mean, I, I've I've mentioned this before, but I the way that I personally avoid falling down the hole because I too have fallen down the hole is. On every site that allows me to block iCasino but still do my sports betting and or my poker, I block iCasino. And on the one site that doesn't, I leave no money in my account. I make my sports bets. I cash out if they win. I put deposit again when I'm ready to bet because uh, I just don't want to have the temptation. And I still will occasionally do like a $25 deposit just to play some iCasino. I, I can't help myself. But I have, you know, I'm pretty good about limiting the amounts that I'm willing to 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 lose at a time. It's a little $25 chunk here and there. But um, as far as as New York, I mean, I think that the September iCasino revenue numbers that we saw in all these other states and New York's iCasino hopes very much go together, these two stories, because what you're talking about, Adabo, talking about the state needing funds... And, you know, this is what you've said all along, Jeff, that when COVID money starts to dry up, iCasino has a better chance of getting legalized in assorted states. So here's Adabo saying, yeah, we kind of need money now. And um, with it, here's the latest evidence that in Pennsylvania, Michigan, New Jersey, Connecticut, West Virginia, Delaware, there's a ton of tax revenue coming from this. Um, The sports betting crossover is huge. You know, they get you on the app to bet sports and they say, Hey, here's uh, 10 free casino dollars. Give it a try. And before you know it, your sports betting winnings are gone, Uh, which which ties into, you know, what you're saying about the New York Times backlash that awaits. Um, But, you know, New York has the mobile sports betting already. It is beyond assured that the state will make insane money off iCasino as those sports betting customers give it a try. You know, plus you have people who like casino games and don't care about sports betting who are going to sign up. So, I think I'm a little higher than you on the percentages here. I'm I'm feeling it. I'm feeling like 2024 is the year for New York I Casino actually getting done. I'd probably flip it the other way and go like 55-45 in favor of uh, of, of them passing something next year. Okay. Well, I guess time will tell. Yeah. And I just want to say also that that uh, the sports betting thing, that one week of sports betting in New York, um, right. makes me very curious to see what national numbers for October end up looking like, you know, possible yeah. chance of a national revenue record, because those, those hold numbers for the week, they won't be unique to New York. That was... The Eagles losing to the Jets, the 49ers losing to the Browns. Every tease or money line parlay had one of those two teams, if not both. Um, right. Plus, almost all the unders hit. Just an insanely good week for the books. So, yeah, full October numbers are going to be very interesting, especially with five Sundays in October.
1: Oh, good one. Good point.
0: All right. Point. I'm, I'm really good at counting Sundays. This is the I, I have a math econ degree, Jeff, so oh, putting it I to did, use.
1: I didn't realize that. Good. Yes. It's, I'm, finally.
0: <laughs> finally. <laughs> All right. Our second story uh, is actually something mentioned in passing on last week's pod. Uh, Jeff said he'd seen that DraftKings had surpassed Vandal as the number one operator, and I hadn't heard the news yet, so we kind of glossed over it. But uh, now let's talk about it some more, because it is indeed true, according to Eilers and Krejcik Gaming. DraftKings finally moved ahead of FanDuel in August in terms of market share, 31% to 30%. Uh, interestingly, it's Online Casino that has pushed DraftKings to number one, as FanDuel still leads 39.3% to 34.1% in sports betting. But DraftKings is making more money off iCasino. Uh, in any case, a, a race that FanDuel has been winning for several years has now flipped, or is flipping. And according to Eilers and Krejcik, it has a lot to do with increased spend by DK this year. Jeff, any guess whether this is a sustainable change or just a blip? And what does it say about the potential for newcomers like Fanatics or ESPN Bet to catch these two down the road?
1: Uh, You know, I think it may be a, a, an actual flip here. I, mm. I think, you know... I don't know about you in Pennsylvania, right? But where I am in Jersey, I, I, DraftKings just seems to be more on my own radar somehow. Um, I just see it more, I hear it more. Yeah, it's it feels it's starting to feel a little Kleenexy. You know what I mean?
0: Mm, like, yes, good analogy. Yeah,
1: it's starting to feel that way to me a little bit. Um, I think maybe part of the reason, and I don't know this. This is just a pure guess. You know, DraftKings is DraftKings is DraftKings is DraftKings is DraftKings. FanDuel is Flutter. Right. It's it's hmm. it's one. And it's more of an international concern. Right. I mean, it's you know, it was, I, it, I think DraftKings, all their eggs are in this basket here. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. So I think that may play into it a little bit. But I don't know. I, it just feels to me more. You know, I just feel it and see it more. And, you know, and as for like the other stuff, Fanatics and ESPN bet, you know, I, I'm going to I'm I'm going to say who knows. Right. Because. Five years ago, no one was predicting DraftKings and FanDuel were going right. to come out of the primordial muck here as the leaders, you know. But in hindsight, makes all the sense in the world, right? right? So, I don't know. I mean, if I ha- if I had a bet on Fanatics or ESPN bet, if I was if I had to choose one that was going to succeed,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think I'm choosing ESPN bet. But I, I, you know, I just don't know. I I don't know. You know, I mean, again, you know, Fanatics has a lot of you know they they got everything. You know what I mean. Right. So I what is it? I think for the fanatics, it feels to me. Well, sure they'd love to be number one or two or three, but it feels to me it's like just like one more leg for them to like, you know, just like going to be another source of revenue. Right. Kind of the same for ESPN bet. Right. And you know, I I almost I, you know I almost wonder how committed ESPN. It's you know they have this like three year out basically
0: yeah right you know it's a fair question right
1: so you know let's let, you know may, I guess ask me in three years but, <laughs> <laughs> you know I don't know I don't know I mean DraftKings and FanDuel are certainly you know I mean they it, 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 I have a hard time imagining that they're they're going to you know be knocked off their perch but again. You know, i nobody saw it that they would have a perch to be knocked off of five years ago. Right. Right.
0: right. And we're being reminded that it, it can change a little more quickly than you think. It wasn't too long ago that someone on the pod, I honestly don't remember if it was you or if it was a guest, but but someone said it. We keep calling it a big two, but it's not really a big two. It's FanDuel and everyone else. So right. this is indeed a, a major swing to to have DraftKings, even if just for a month, uh, po- right. poking ahead of them. And, and it illustrates that the race is far from over. These upstart books are going to have to really spend their way into the mix, just as it seems DraftKings spent its way past FanDuel for the moment. Because I, I agree with what you're saying, that it feels like DraftKings is more out there, I am completely sick and tired of all the kevin hart commercials whereas i don't know that i could tell you what commercials fanduel is airing at the moment um but i'm sure they feel that spending was worth it just to be able to call themselves america's number one online gaming operator that's that's huge for investors and all that stuff although fanduel can still call itself america's number one sports book based on those uh, numbers the gap there's still big enough that that probably won't get closed in the next few months but yeah, big picture. This this says to me the sportsbook wars are far from decided. We have to remain open to the possibility that, like, two years from now, the rankings could look totally different. FanDuel or, or DraftKings could conceivably be number three or four. It's not likely, but it, it's possible. And, you know, uh, <laughs> th- there's, like, BetMGM and Caesars, the current number three and four. They're getting overlooked now in all these conversations, right. not to mention Bet365. So, uh yeah I'll echo your uh your your I don't knows and your uh ask me in 3 years um actually mm. so so may, so maybe here's a fun idea ready maybe yeah. th- for next week um okay. Tell me what you think of this. We 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 each make predictions for what the order of the top seven will be on Jeez. say, let's say January first, twenty twenty six, like two years and a couple months or something. Or we can go twenty twenty seven. You tell me what the right date is. And then if this podcast still exists on that date, if we're both still alive in the entire East Coast isn't underwater. Uh, we sure. we we play it back and see how wrong we were. Does that sound like a fun project for next week? It
1: sounds like a fun project. I'm in. All right.
0: So what should how, January first, 2026? We'll go with that date.
1: Uh, what year are we now? Yeah, it sounds good. Two okay. years of change.
0: All right. Uh, look at look at how we just sold next week's podcast. Who's yeah, not yeah. going to listen next week now?
1: I mean, everyone's in.
0: Right. All right, we round out the news segment with a rather offbeat story. Uh, As discussed last week, the ESPN Bet logo has been unveiled. It's mint green. It won't impact Jeff's use of the product one way or the other, yada, yada. However, as a friend pointed out to Brady Sharp, the founder of the social sports betting site Brothrow, that mint green B with an E inside it looks a fair bit like Brothrow's mint green B with an X and an O inside it. So Sharp pointed out the similarity on LinkedIn, and LinkedIn took the post down for reasons not entirely known, and he pointed it out on Twitter and he says he'd like to have a meeting with ESPN folks and see if this can be worked out without things getting all litigious. Uh, Sharp told you, Jeff, for a Sports Handle story, quote, I don't think it was malicious that they came out with a logo that looks remarkably similar to ours, but I do think there's been plenty of opportunity for someone at ESPN or Penn to have seen our logo somewhere. Jeff, do you think Sharp has a valid complaint? Uh, Do the logos look similar beyond the point of coincidence to you? And would you like to take a victory lap on your headline, ESPN bet logo is a no go for bro throw.
1: You like that one, huh? I love it. I thought I, I thought I liked the headline. I also liked my first line the mint green, the leaves uh-huh. the, you know, that That's got goaded good... by some like Canadian like substack. I'm, I'm big in Canada. Wow. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> You're blowing up.
1: Blowing up. Uh, no, it's, it was a fun headline to write. Not a lot of things rhyme with logos, it turns out. Uh, hmm. No go and bro throw.
0: <laughs> That's about I, I it.
1: Pretty much exhausted it.
0: Um, Soho. Soho also. If you want to work that into the next I, one. Right.
1: It's been logo, no-go for bro-throw. Especially in Soho. In Soho. Yeah. Especially in Soho, sure. Yeah. Uh, listen, I, I'm not a lawyer. Uh, I don't play one on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, the logos look a little similar, I guess. But, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, ESPN could could be a men's share and just be like, listen, sorry, here's 50K. You know what I mean? Like, that would right. probably end it right there. Right. I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I Honestly, I have no idea how these things work. I mean, are they, are they similar? They're similar-ish, right? But, yeah. But, you know, I don't know. It's 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 if if I was if, if I was wearing a robe, I mean I don't know I I, I don't know what the actual legal definition is are going to be here, you know. So right, I don't know if yeah. it's either if it's I the beholder, I'm like eh, you know. I think that <laughs> that's be my your opinion. that's
0: your official legal opinion. Yeah, eh, yeah. Yeah, 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 no, I mean on first glance, I was thinking. Yeah, these are kind of similar, mostly just because of the color. Uh, The more I've stared at it, the less they look the same to me. The the shape and style of the B is completely different. Putting other letters inside a B is a kind of obvious thing to do. Um, Like you, I know nothing about where the line is drawn legally, but I'm inclined to say, sorry, Brady Sharp coincidence not similar enough um and i i should note uh that i have some degree of color blindness um shades of blues and greens are especially tricky for me hmm. but when you look at the two logos side by side so caveat that i may be misperceiving but it's very clearly to my eyes not even the same green the the, the mint it's green from right. espn I, I think it has like a little aqua to it whereas the bro throw green it's like a like a bright football field. I, I would imagine that's what they were going for with that color. Hmm. So
1: I have a little color one myself, but pinks and reds oh, give okay, me, give me trouble the, sometimes. Yeah. It's not
0: like hot pink and like
1: deep red, but like when they get too close to each other, right? Like, I'm not sure I'm not sure what's going on. Hasn't it hasn't affected my life in in any way shape or form except I remember one time I had a pair of boxer shorts that were pink polka-dotted but I <laughs> but I was told that they were actually red polka-dots. I said, "I don't think so. I'm pretty sure they're yeah. pink." And this went on for quite some time.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> but although a a, pink, a red polka-dotted boxer short can fade to pink after enough wear. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, just, it's, it's ever changing. I, I discovered it personally when I was in college. I had no idea that I had any colorblindness at all. And I was sitting in a friend's room and I said something about the pair of green shoes sitting across the room. And everyone else in the room was like, there are no green shoes uh, over there on uh, on the floor in the corner. And I said, yeah, those green shoes right there. And they're like, you mean those blue shoes? And I was like completely mind blown because they look Totally green to me.
1: Huh? Say, this literally, not even joking. The same exact thing happened to me. Only difference, I was on shrooms.
0: <laughs> right. I I cannot confirm nor deny whether I was entirely sober, <laughs> but I was definitely not on shrooms. It wasn't definitely wasn't that talking. Uh, but but speaking of of the color green. Yeah. uh i'm I'm gonna channel my inner Dave Damishek here for a second. All How right. glorious were those Eagles Kelly Greens on Sunday yeah, night. Good. Just a Ooh. beautiful uniform uh mm. my my brother Dave had a strong take that if you're gonna do throwbacks, you have to get both teams in on it so that they match so the whole game has a throwback look so so the the Eagles are home. They decide before the game you know we're we're doing the eighties Kelly Green for this big Sunday night game. Dolphins. You bust out some uniform you wore in the '80s that you don't normally wear anymore. What, what what do you say to that, Jeff? That if one team goes throwback, they have to both go throwback.
1: Yeah, I, I mean that's that's good. I you know I, I maybe we should have just a full throwback weekend for in the NFL. I think who, who oh. says no to that?
0: Yeah, that'd be good. And uh, what if we could line it up with an Eagles Bucks game that'd and get good. the Kelly Greens against the Creamsicles? Throw then throw in the 1984 Sports Center intro. We're in heaven.
2: It's time to welcome a special guest from the world of gambling. Let's get to the Gamble On interview.
0: The Fall Classic matchup is set. As a lifelong Phillies fan who also had a futures bet on my team, I am not happy. As someone who had a killer playoff best ball team loaded with Phillies and Rangers, Jeff is not happy. But surely someone somewhere is happy about the Rangers-Diamondbacks matchup that gets underway Friday – perhaps someone who works for a sports book joining us now to break down all the world series betting action is Caesar Sportsbook's baseball team lead, Eric Biggio, Eric, welcome to gamble on.
2: Well, first off my condolences to both of you guys. Um, And, (laughs) and, and on this side, this side of the counter, I was uh, rooting for the Phillies as well, just more, I think a little bit more uh, public interest, a little bit more handle. Um, While the short-term results might, might've been a little better with Arizona uh, I always root for what would be a more intriguing matchup and what would bring a little more business. So I thought the Phillies would have been the better option there. Uh, that being said, it'd still be a lot of fun in Arizona. You know, both of these teams, Arizona started at 125 to one to open this uh, open The outrights and Texas at about 80 to one. So both were long shots coming into the year um, and both have kind of uh, surprised a lot of people.
0: So let me just drill down a little bit then on on what you were sort of uh, saying there in terms of, you know, what's what's good for the book is not necessarily the same as, as what you were rooting for and what's good for the game and all that. Um, it's certainly it's been widely reported that Mattress Mac bet uh, four point nine million at Caesars properties on the Astros. Um, so, you know, you don't have to get into the exact figures. Um, but, you know, what was your relative liability like on, on these four teams from the sports books perspective? Is the sportsbook financially happy with the two teams that made it, and, and do you have a rooting interest financially uh, among the two?
2: Yeah, sure. You can imagine that with with the well publicized wagers by by Mac, and we welcome his action, and I absolutely respect his gamble. You know, he, he puts his money where his mouth is. Uh, but the, yeah, that being said, it's uh, we out of the two teams, we, we do a little bit better to Arizona, so that's uh, that's what we'll be rooting for. Okay,
1: so you know, I'm kind of curious. Compared to like tonight's NBA slate, or right. compared to a busy NHL night, or I yeah, of course, compared to an NFL Sunday.
2: Sure.
1: What does like an MLB playoff series, not just an individual game, but what you know, what what kind of action does a series get compared to these other things? I mean, I'm I, we're all old enough to remember when baseball was king,
2: right? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, where does it land? It, that's a great question, Jeff. And uh, you know, as it is, Ryan, it all depends what else is going on, right? So if it if this is lumped in between a, a bunch of NFL games and you got a, a big, you know, Lakers Celtics game going on, it it might not do as, as big a business. Whereas if it's going to be a standalone game on a Wednesday night like last night was, it it does pretty well. So it's comparative, I would say, to about an NFL game on a. Sunday morning sleep, but gotcha. if there was my Mets versus you know a couple marketing teams or Yankees versus uh Dodgers per se, then you could say three times the normal handle this you know Texas Arizona might not bring the type of business right. in, something let like me, that
1: let me just correct you real quick though our Mets.
2: Oh, I had a boy.
0: Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 the lone wolf among this crowd, although, you know, both of you guys for various reasons indicated you were kind of rooting for the Phillies. Uh, so uh, I'll, I'll take you on the bandwagon, however. <laughs> there you go.
1: <laughs> well, tell you, I mean, seriously, I, I don't know. I'm not going to ask you how old you are, Eric, but I was mm. 14 years old in 86. And I'm telling you, I, I think you could have carbon copied Schwarber, Harper, Marsh, Put him right on that team. They would have fit right in with those with, with the Dykstra and Keith and all them guys, you know,
2: 100 uh, percent. And uh, I, I I, forced our 12 year old to rewatch uh, game six, Ugh. uh 10th inning this morning before he went to school saying <laughs> I was your age when this happened. And so it's always one of my fondest memories. But you're absolutely right. This Phillies bunch. You know, a bunch of characters, it seems, some real personalities. So I think that would have brought more eyeballs to TV, too, as well.
1: Listen, I'm not kidding, and I'm not even going to put them in order. Getting yeah. married, my three kids being born, yeah.
0: little dribbler down the first baseline.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll always remember it. It's something, it's nope. one of those memories that will never leave. Nope.
0: You know, see, even though I have a couple of championships in my sport, <laughs> in my various sports, but not many my first memories when I, th- I think of the Joe Carter home run and the heartbreak over any of the happy <laughs> memories.
2: Yeah. I, I apologize. Cause this one's going to sting. I'm not going to share yeah. it. I work with <laughs> right. a couple other Philly fans. I mean, you, you have to win this. Yeah. You coming home. It, it was, a, I believe a seven one favorite just to win one of the two games. So right. it's, it's going to sting for a while. Yeah.
0: Um, All right. So uh, getting off the Phillies and focusing on the two teams that are left, um, I always find World Series MVP to be a fun way to approach betting heading into the series. The short money at Caesars is on the top two stars for the favored Rangers, uh, Seager and Garcia. They're at plus 450 and plus 500, respectively. Uh, But for those who believe in the Diamondbacks or those scarred from watching their team lose to the Diamondbacks, uh, Carroll and Marte, each at plus a thousand, feel solid as does Gurriel down at plus 2,800. Do you tend to see much action in this market in the, these couple of days before the World Series begins? And just curious, if, if you were on the other side of the counter, which players jump out at you?
2: Yes, first to answer your first question. We do get some good uh, money on it. It's a good recreational wager, as well as some sharps jumping in as well. We've offered it since the playoffs uh, day one. So it's, it's a fun pool to kind of manage. Um, when we put the odds up for World Series MVP, we try to tie it to the odds of a team uh, winning the World Series. So initially, a lot of the Braves were the big favorites, Orioles guys, and as those teams kind of fell by the wayside, some big prices popped up on guys like Corbin Carroll and uh, Josh Young and, you know, those kind of things. So it is a fun wager. And if I was to bet, I kind of like the mid-price range. So I'm I'm looking at hitters that – that are going to play every day, that aren't your top guys. While Seeger's hitting the ball great, uh, Carol's hitting ball great, Catel Marte, another one. I'm looking at guys um, like Gabriel Moreno. He's really on a, mm-hmm. on a nice kick. Uh, Evan Carter, the rookie for the Rangers, and uh, another rookie, Josh Young, at about 18 to 1. So those are the kind of guys I would target, as well as maybe some pizza money on guys like Leota Tavares and Evan Longoria, both at about 50 to 1.
0: Yeah. You know, I, w- I was going to say that Longoria is like the guy that I don't think you could possibly twist my arm into betting because he looks <laughs> like he's got nothing left, but you just never know who you can turn back the clock and have like two that's big it. games. And and suddenly you're you're hitting it 50 to one or the other guy that jumped out at me that for a second, I was like, oh, that's a good price is is that uh, pesky Alec Thomas at, at plus 3000. But you did mention plays every day. That's that's right. the that's what would keep yeah. me away from him is that he's kind of a platoon player. That's it.
2: And it's always, you know, people always bring a Prices on pitchers, and I say it's you, you would get the value, but you have to remember they're only going to go you know two times tops uh, for a starting pitcher. So you're, you're hoping for an eighty of all to throw a no hitter or something along those lines to really uh, lock down an MVP. Yeah,
1: just generally speaking, with baseball, you know, mm-hmm. of all the sports, it does seem particularly well suited for live betting, which I know, like you know, Caesars. I'm sure every other sports book really wants to see take off. Um, what have you seen in, you know, in the last few years as far as live betting goes? Has, have you seen an uptick in it? And where do you see the future for baseball in that? Yeah,
2: in every sport, Jeff. It, yeah. it, uh, across the board, in play, uh, keeps keeps growing. And it's going to keep growing. It's just the way, the the nature of the beast. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with a lot of these micro markets, um, you know, speed of the net pitch and these kind of stack cast type of markets where previously uh, we were kind of restricted on tech, um to offer that kind of stuff. But now uh we're we're cleaning that up and you know it's a real popular market. Stuff like the speed of the next pitch and how hard a ball will be hit, that kind of stuff is only going to grow. So I only see that growing incrementally as the years come on.
1: Yeah. I mean I just see it as like you know uh, i I'd see it as definitely a driver of viewership, right? Because if you if you want to bet live, you gotta be watching you, you have to watch okay. the game. You know, Absolutely. you know
2: absolutely so and and you see it more and more in, in each broadcast right so yeah. you know the you see the the same game parlays mentioned along alongside G's broadcast well if they were to mention hey you know guessing the, the speech in the next pitch and you uh, bop, uh a box pops up that would only uh, lead to more more handle I think on the sportsbook side yeah. so it's going to keep growing I believe.
0: I I remember seeing right before the season started uh, some speculation about whether the pitch clock was going to take away at all from the live betting, just losing a a few seconds. But did did you notice any lessened enthusiasm, you
2: you know, and and, and kind of on the flip side, Eric, it's I think this pitch clock has really helped people kept people engaged hmm. and they're not you know turning away previously in a baseball game you're like oh geez another another meeting of the mound another you know the guys walking around adjusting their stuff and you keep the eyes off whereas now you you really have to stay engaged if you're if you're betting it in play so i think it only helps
1: also know. the pit now that i'm thinking about it, the pitch clock must also be a good way for betters to know exactly where they are when it comes to like the lag
2: absolutely right? good point yeah absolutely so it, it that is a, it's a great point you know you, there's always going to be a delay right between right. live and what's going on at the, at the stadium and what what you can bet but uh, yeah that's a great point too i didn't think of that
0: all right well it's been uh, great talking to you eric uh, a nice uh doesn't undo the pain that jeff and i are going yes. <laughs> through but helps just a little bit to have a nice conversation like this uh thanks so much for coming on the podcast and, and enjoy the world series
2: anytime guys thank you two men two men ten thousand dollars will they run it up or blow it all it's time to check in on the gamble on bankroll
0: We'll get to Bagels and Locks shortly, but first, let's update our betting bankroll. And it was another great week to Fade, Raskin, and Edelstein. I really hope some of our listeners are getting rich off this podcast. (laughs) Uh, Jeff, you tried a three-leg tease, went two for three. The Bills losing to the Patriots killed that one. We dropped $100. You also tried a Moneyline parlay that went three for five. Bills screwed us again, although in this case, the Rams lost two, so it didn't matter. Uh, That cost us another $100. Of course, we made Phillies home run bets for the game in which the offense went totally dead. Game three, you lost $200 total on three bets on Schwarber and or Harper to hit homers. And I tossed away another 20 bucks on an SGP that went 0 for 3. And with the Phillies getting eliminated, our $50 bet on them to win the World Series is a loser. Uh, but ending on a happy note, we got a miracle stupid cover on Navy plus plus eleven and a half. We were covering down 10 nothing with four minutes left and the ball then navy threw a pick six suddenly we're screwed but navy marched down the field and did what they couldn't do all game and scored a touchdown with under a minute to go failed on the two point conversion final score 17-6 we cover by a half point but only for a half unit we won 50 bucks so for the week we lost 420 420, dude, nice. uh, leaving us down by 4251. We also have 2576 on hold in Futures bets, and that leaves us with $3,173 <laughs> available to bet with this week. And uh, it's officially time to lower our unit size slightly, in my view, to demonstrate that we are responsible gamblers. I cannot predict whether you'll follow that suggestion, Jeff, but uh, I'll, we'll find out soon. I'm up first. And uh, on the heels of our interview with Eric Biggio, I'm making two World Series MVP bets. Uh, the Rangers are favored. I do lean toward them to win. I'm going chalky with a Rangers player for MVP, their best player, Corey Seager. He's plus 450 at some books, plus 500 at others. I found him at plus 550 at DraftKings. I really like that price. Let's go. $40 to win 220 on him. And on the other side, if the long-shot Diamondbacks win, I like a long-shot MVP candidate, and Lourdes Gurriel is one of those guys who can do a little bit of everything. He hits for power, he hits for average, he has decent speed, he can make a huge play or two in left field. He's about the fourth most likely Diamondback to win MVP in my view, but the price is great at plus 2800 at Eric Biggio's book, Caesars. So let's go with $10 to win 280 on Gurriel.
1: All right. Uh, I'm going to do some futures here so that we don't have to grade them this week.
0: Uh,
1: (laughs) Their entertainment stuff. Emma Stone for Best Actress over at DK. Uh, She's plus 150. She was like a a minus favorite up until the Lily Gladstone buzz started for Mm -hmm. Killers of the Flower Moon. So I'm going to do what I always do. I wait until the favorites flip. I bet them. And I'm sure Gladstone, I'll bet her later down the road. So let's just... I'm taking the price here All right, 50 bucks. Fine. You got it. You have wow. To... Look at yeah, you. 50, all, right. all right. I'm not happy about it. <laughs> uh, and then on the Emmy Awards, which now I can bet on here. Oh, OK.
0: We've got an Emma bet and an Emmy
1: bet. An Emma and an Emmy. There's actually two Emmy bets here. OK. Uh, best Actor, uh, Drama. Favorite is Kieran Culkin at minus 110. OK. Uh-huh. So let's let's put 50 on him.
0: 55
1: yeah
2: 55
1: i also want to put 50 on bob odenkirk for for best actor at plus 350 uh he's never won better call Saul's has never won anything obviously the show's over i don't know maybe culkin and strong split right maybe there's like you know i don't know there's something it's it's culkin or odenkirk i don't think Strong's going to win but i so of course he will now. now
0: right, I, I was but, I was just going to say I actually kind of think it was more a Jeremy Strong season than a Culkin season, but I don't know. But, I, I, mean, I so, guess Culkin has the buzz if he's the favorite right. at minus one ten.
1: Right, so I'm going. So that's where I'm going. So I I I I, I think Odenkirk wins. I honestly do. Do you do
0: you um, do you have the odds for all the other categories open in front of you? I'm just curious. What supporting actress? What um. Ray Sehorn, Odin Kirk's co-star, is for supporting actress. Um, it's if,
1: be, it's long because I know I, I don't. I'm pulling it up. I, Snook is the Snook's heavy favorite. favorite. At, she's minus seven hundred. Oh wow! Yeah,
0: that's <laughs> huh. That so, is hold, no one should on. be minus seven hundred. Wow. Uh, yeah, the Emmys.
1: The uh, most of the most of the. Um, most of the, you know, best actor drama is like one of the few that there's like actually like a question, hmm. um, actor, actress.
0: So it's supporting act. It's supporting actress. So it actually, is oh, Sarah Snook, actress. she's in lead they actress. So it. this. Is, they oh, they don't yeah, have they, it up. All right. If if it pops up at some point, let me know. Just because, uh, as thrilled as I'd be to see Bob Odenkirk win, Ray Seahorn is the the acting revelation of that show and she deserved a nomination from like season two on and didn't get it until these final two half seasons and was just has an absolute, Blockbuster Emmy-winning scene in the final season. um I don't know that she's going to win, but I do know, regardless of who her competition is, she deserves to win. um But so keep me posted I'll, if you see supporting you actress ads. Uh, keep yeah. you posted for sure. All right. Um, so uh, we were having a conversation off air a couple weeks ago about the Vikings and how after the Justin Jefferson injury and them falling to one and four, there was a chance they'd throw away the season and effectively doom my best ball team. And I said, yeah, th- that's possible, but their upcoming schedule's really soft. These are all winnable games except the Niners. And then they went ahead and upset the Niners. So they're three and four, and they have six games in a row against middling to bad teams Packers this week, Falcons, Saints, Broncos, Bears, Raiders. There's no reason they shouldn't be at least seven and six and trying hard down the stretch and not trading cousins. And I think a good chance they're more like eight and five and needing to go just two and two against bengals lions packers lions uh, to get to 10 wins and make the playoffs and you know nine and eight could make the playoffs of course um i'm looking at the the whole NV- nfc in terms of who's going to make the playoffs figure eagles and cowboys are likely in 49ers and seahawks are likely in you're only getting one team from the south probably so then the last wild card spot it's the vikings currently three and four and the Rams currently three and four. And, and that's about it. Um. So in my view, the Vikings are like 50-50 to make the playoffs. Maybe better than that if Jefferson comes back sooner. And DraftKings is giving us plus 165 on them to make the playoffs. I love it. I would normally bet $100 on it. I'm being responsible with our fake money. Let's go $80 to win 132.
1: By the way, all this responsibility guaranteed, we win everything this week. <laughs> I'll
0: take it. I'll all take. Right? I'll take slightly smaller wins than we would have gotten otherwise over what we've been doing.
1: All right. Uh, I, I three lay parlay. Uh, NFL all overs, all over forty three and a half. Hmm. Eagles, Commanders, Texans, Panthers, Colts, Saints. Fifty bucks plus six hundred.
0: Okay. I like that you did 50 bucks cuz there was part of you that might have wanted to do the full 100 and I think uh,
1: Absolutely. It's absolutely. it's it, yes. I listen, here's the thing. The, the Eagles the Eagles could hit 43 by themselves at any given time, right? And the Commanders have this hair on fire. They're they're their pass rate over expectation. This game could get, go over pretty easily. Texans Panthers has all the makings of one of you know uh, the, they turned over Panthers turned over offensive play calling to uh, I can't remember the guy's name some 35 year old hotshot I think he was under McVay for a while right so right. there that that game has shootout potential because yes. Texans can put score and Colts Saints I can't believe that's at 43 and a half I mean the Colts are playing again hair on fire they're playing the, like I think at the second or third fastest rate in the league and you know they can't stop anybody either i mean right. look what happened last week with the brand. Right. so yeah all these I, I think all of these would have been 47 and a half if this was week 1 kind of thing you know you know what right. i mean I, right. I, again I, I i'm i'm sure i'll get two out of three right but 43 and a half free lake parlay like 50 bucks plus 600.
0: Yeah, I, I I like that. I think they all make sense individually and I actually as it so happens this morning before we started recording the podcast, I went on on points bet and did a points betting over bet on that Panthers Texans game at, you know, my usual like buck 50 a point. But still cuz it has figure if it loses, it's not going to lose by much and if it wins, who's to say that game can't go like 37-34 or something. Right. So, yeah. Uh, all right, I'm going to get a little crazy for my third bet. Uh, I don't know that this is necessarily irresponsible gambling. It's just sort of a, a wackier bet. Um, but uh, I bet this one in real life early in the week, and I'm going to have to rely on that to know what the hell it ends up paying. If anything, I'm doing a five-team money line Round Robin, uh, all possible legs, meaning 10 two-team parlays, 10 three-team parlays, five four-team parlays, and one five-team parlay. So it's 26 legs in total. $5 a leg, so we're risking $130. Here's who I have, and uh, the price is early in the week when I locked them in. Steelers, plus 110 at home against the Jags. These Steelers, you know, they, they just find ways to win, like they do every year. Uh, Rams, plus 215 at Dallas. Not terribly likely to win, but I think it's the right price. We know the Cowboys are capable of stinking on any given Sunday, and the Rams kind of need this one to save their season after losing to the Steelers last week. Vikings plus 105 at the Packers. You know how I feel about the Vikings. They've actually swung to the favorite, but they were the teeny tiny dog when I bet it. Cardinals plus 295 at home against Baltimore. No way they should win this game, but it's just a a, a weird things happen spot at that price. The Ravens are flying high off the Lions win. The Cardinals are sputtering. It seems so obvious, but it seemed obvious that the Eagles would beat the Jets or the Bills would beat the Patriots. Uh, the Ravens. Yeah, they may well win by 30, but they could also totally look past this game and suffer a terrible loss. And lastly, Bears plus 375 at the Chargers. This is the big one. Bears looking a little frisky with this rookie quarterback, Tyson Bajant, and the Chargers, as we know, capable of losing to anyone at any time. So there it is. If all five win, we win like $5,500. <laughs> uh, spoiler, not all five are going to win. But if at least two of the five win, we get back something. If three of five win, we're definitely profitable, and we'll just see how the math shakes out next week.
1: Yeah, it's fun. I like it. Yeah, I don't like—I mean, the Vikings pick I love. Uh-huh. The Rams pick, I like that. I like yeah. Dallas needs. I mean, they something's wrong with Dallas. I hate Pittsburgh just on general sense. The Ar- <laughs> I, I, but I, you I, hated I, them last week, too. Yeah, I know. I, I have a hard time seeing Baltimore losing. But you're right. That does. Now that you mention it and my next bet, I don't like it all of a sudden. But my, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the bear. Yeah, the Bears charge right. The Chargers can lose it to anyone. So, yeah, it's a fun bet. I like it. OK. All, all right. right. Uh, I have a less fun bet. Uh, three team tees. The Ravens minus two over the Cardinals. The Lions minus two over the Raiders, and the Patriots getting fifteen and a half at Miami, Mm. uh, fifty bucks. The Ravens and Lions—it's just you know we're bringing it, we're going through seven and three, and they're obviously you know better teams. And uh, oh, the Dolphins. Tyreek looks like he's out, right? Uh, Which is not good for the Dolphins. Mm. Patriots. I don't want to say they're rounding into form because they suck, but. (laughs) Every, I mean, even when they suck, like Belichick still manages to get the most out of everybody somehow. That's a lot of points. Yeah. It's a lot of points, so I don't know. There it is. There's my tease. Fifty yeah. bucks
0: at what's that? Plus one sixty uh, something. Yeah. Like yeah. No, they're rounding into form relatively for the Patriots right. relative to what they could be. Is that's right? They're they're starting to figure out how to be non terrible. It seems so. Yeah, I like this. I mean, yeah, sure. I'm I'm on the other side of the Ravens one, but in all likelihood, the Ravens will cover minus two. So right. all right. Um, And now it is time for Bagels and Locks. I lost with the Chargers, plus five and a half, forgetting the rule of never trust the Chargers. My record drops to three and two. Jeff, you lost with the Rams, ignoring the rule of never bet against Mike Tomlin. Your streak of perfection is over. Your record drops to four and one. And I'm up first with my lock pick. And my first thought was just to do the Steelers, plus three at home against Jacksonville. It's two and a half at most books, but there are some threes out there. Just kind of too easy getting the full field goal on the home team and what I see as a pretty even matchup. Uh, that's where I was going to go. But then I looked at some player p- props released Thursday morning. And I've talked about this before with the Eagles defense. You can't run on them. You just can't. Uh, but you can pass on them. Other teams, WR1s from Week 2 to Week 7. Week two, Justin Jefferson, 159 yards. Okay, he's a freak, but still. Uh, Week three, Mike Evans, 60 yards. Week four, Terry McLaurin, 86 yards. Week five, Cooper Cup, 118 yards. Week six, Garrett Wilson, 90 yards. And week seven, Tyreek Hill, 88 yards, which is low for Tyreek. But anyway, each of these last six weeks, The opposing wide receiver one has gone for at least 60, and this week, McLaurin's line is 56 and a half. Uh, McLaurin also went for 90 last week and 81 the week before. He separated himself as the clear wide receiver one in Washington. Yes, Sam Howell will be under pressure and will take a lot of sacks, but he'll get the ball to McLaurin enough to come much closer to the 86 yards that they hit against this same defense in week four than the line here of 56 and a half. McLaurin over 56 and a half. My lock of the week. I'm not losing again all season. I'm I'm going to finish fourteen and two, and it starts now.
1: Oh, good for you. Um, I I mean you'll still be behind my fifteen and
0: one, but <laughs> okay. Regardless. I hope so. I hope I hope you go fifteen and one.
1: Yeah, I'm going. I'm sticking with the Eagles Commanders game. Uh, okay. and I just, I just love the over at forty okay. three and a half. So you know, I've ex- I've explained myself already. I'm not going to do it
0: again. Okay. No. Yes. You, there's no need for you to repeat what you've already stated. Yes. Thank you. Okay. All right. And that'll do it for this episode of Gamble On. Thanks, everybody out there for listening. And thanks again to this week's guest, Eric Biggio. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Raskin and Jeff at Jeff Edelstein and follow U.S. Bets at U.S. underscore bets. Go to usbets.com for all the latest news and analysis from the world of gambling and subscribe to this podcast on Megaphone, Apple Podcasts, Spotify or anywhere else. And with that, Jeff, please take us out.
1: All right. Listen. I play daily fantasy sports every single day. I've been doing it for like 10 years: NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, college football, UFC, NHL once in a while during COVID, and I'm not shitting you. I played Korean baseball and the you know, gamer shit. I don't even know what the hell you call it, right? <laughs> every day, I play DFS, like it is my thing, all right. Uh-huh. Uh, and I would say 99.99% of my action is low stakes, like 3 to $5 huge GPPs, right, guaranteed prize pools. Right. I think the biggest tourney I ever entered was for 100 bucks on DraftKings, and that was with their crowns. You know, it was like a free entry kind of okay. thing, right? So that's what you need to know was going in. So this past Monday, I built a bunch of Vikings 49ers showdown lineups, all right? Then I gotta like go teach a class. I got family. I got dinner. I got. I'm taking my kid to swim. I run into a friend. You know. You know. Life happens, right? I don't even look at what's happening in this game until like early second quarter, and I, I, I fight and uh, you know, I look at the DraftKings app, and I'm up seven hundred bucks. I'm currently winning. Uh, you know, it's like my thirty dollars entries. I'm up like seven hundred. I'm like, oh my god! I, obviously, I'm doing great. So I click through, and I immediately notice—you know—they show you each contest, like where you know that little bubble where you where you are. I am nowhere near first place in any of in any contest. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> and I see that I'm winning $700 where I'm I'm in 17th place in a hundred-person tourney. I'm like, oh, I didn't enter a hundred. Uh, it's a $444 <laughs> tourney I entered. Eric, I swear to you, I have no idea what I did to do right. this. Okay, one of two things happened: either I saw four and just assumed it was four dollars. Or, this might have happened also, I might have, like, opened up the app to, like, play around with building a lineup, Hmm. stumbled into something I liked, didn't realize I was in the 444, whatever it was, it was an error, okay? But I was winning at the time, okay? But I immediately contacted the DraftKings, I'm like, listen, I, 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 I didn't mean to do this, you know, is there anything you can do to help me here? Right. They did, okay? They, they, they... I, I clearly somebody there looked at like my decade plus of daily play and saw that I never played tournaments like this. Not even close. Right. I guess they believed me that that it was an error. They basically free me. They said, listen, let's see what happens after the game. You know, if you win, you win. If you don't win, you know, we'll see what we can do. They, they gave me my money back, all right, like in cash, which I blew me away. This is like Disney-level customer service here, hmm. and they didn't have to do this. I mean, and they, and they said very clearly, one time only, be more careful, don't do this again. I'm not recommending anyone try this because who knows what they're going to do, you know. But obviously something in their algorithm showed that I'm a decent customer or I never do – whatever it is, right, they came through for me. Uh, and it's impressive, right, because this is customer service – that you don't normally necessarily see in this world, right? Uh, And listen, when it comes to DraftKings now, like, I will never forget this. Customer for life, one who will, wait for it, Eric, continue to wait for it. Gamble on!